Hey, have you got bare walls at home or in your office? Do you want to surround yourself with the majesty and inspiration of our mountains? I'm talking truly incredible photography of Western North Carolina landscapes. RedRockPhotoNC.com. Stay tuned for details. It's the Pete Callender Show. With more than 20 years as a reporter and radio host in North Carolina, Pete Callender is helping solve the world's problems one podcast at a time. Because he's a giver. And now, here's Pete. Welcome to the show. It is Friday, July 31st, 2020. Thanks so much for making me a part of your day. I do appreciate it. The show is made possible by pre- uh, patrons like Shelly and Matt Jim and Robbie and JK and Joseph and Julie and Greg and David and Catherine, Matthew, James and Paul. I appreciate everybody. Couldn't do the show without you. And we have a lot of fun, by the way, the patrons and I. We uh, do our live stream events every Thursday night. And uh, yeah, did one last night. And uh, yeah, we, we solved a lot of the world's problems. It's kind of what we do, right? So uh, the city council, they think they're solving a lot of problems here in Asheville by uh, going along with what a, uh, a essentially the mob uh, of radical lefties that populate uh, a good portion of this city in their call for defunding the police by at least 50%. And so I've got some audio because this unfolded over the course of two days. And uh, the budget that was supposed to have been adopted in the beginning of June did not get adopted because the uh, Asheville City Council got all this pressure after the death of George Floyd. And they were like, you and all the people started showing up saying you need to defund the police and you need to do police reform and you're about to take this budget vote and how dare you fund the police. And so they said, okay, well, we'll hold off on the budget vote. We'll do like a continuation budget for a little while. But they had to pass a budget. They got to set a tax rate. And now they're at this point where they've delayed it as long as they could. And they've got one of their council members that just cycles off the count, not cycles off, he, he's uh, resigning because he's going to take another job, VJ Kapoor. And because he's now leaving, the seven-member council is split 3-3, is about to be. And so how this transpires over two days, well, here we go. We've got some audio. It starts off, Julie Mayfield, and uh, she's running for state senate. She says, we all support the idea. This was on Tuesday, okay? So she says, we all support the idea that we are shifting money, resources, and responsibilities from the police to other departments and community partners. She says, the city manager has outlined a process by which that will occur. It's a, th- it's a three-month process. And Mayfield said that this is an extraordinarily short period of time to make the kind of change being demanded, okay? So it seems pretty rational. Spoiler alert, she completely caves. By the way, speaking of caving, has your mattress caved in? Like a big, like, sagging pit right in the middle of the mattress? Well, you need a new mattress. And go to Mattress Man. That's where I got my mattress. Years ago, actually. And uh, we love it. It's a memory foam mattress. Christy and I say it's like laying on a marshmallow. You just kind of sink into it. And right now, they've got a great deal going. It's triple zero deal, zero down, 0% APR, uh, up to 24 months, so no interest, and zero payments for 90 days. Hot deals to keep you cool as well, $399 for a Queen Gel Memory Foam Mattress. And 
How about a free bedding bundle, including sheets, protectors, and pillows uh, with the purchase of select mattresses? It's all at Mattress Man stores. they got four locations, Asheville, Arden, and Hendersonville. They do ship nationwide. Let the sleep consultants help you find the right bed for you. Five-star local delivery service, a 120-day comfort guarantee. Experience the difference at Mattress Man, mattressmanstores.com. Buy local and sleep better. So Julie Mayfield... Seemingly rational at the Tuesday City Council meeting says we're totally on board with dismantling the police, totally on board with defunding them and sending all that money to other agencies and community partners. We're, we're totally on board. The city manager laid out this process. It's going to take three months, but we need a budget. And that's the key. Right. So what this what these leftists have done is they have so leaned on the council to tie the the budget approval process, uh, to tie that with the timeline for complete overhaul of the police department. She says that, again, Julie Mayfield started off, I thought, pretty rational uh, Tuesday night. And then she embarks upon the conclusion of her prepared remarks. I also just want to say I understand the frustration that that people are expressing to us about the pace of change. Uh, and to some degree, I do share that frustration. Um, you know, y'all may or may not know this about me, but until I was elected in 2015, I had spent my entire adult career as an advocate outside of government, advocating inside government. And that is still mostly what I do in my day job mm-hmm. is advocate to government from outside of government. So okay. I get the frustration when when government doesn't do what you want it to do, when you want it to do it, and how you want it to do it. You know, you're the advocates on the outside. I'm the advocate on the outside. I know exactly what needs to happen, and I, they just the government just needs to listen to me and do it. Right. And, and again, I also understand the assumption that if government isn't doing that, that there must be some nefarious, um, deep, dark, secret <laughs> reason for why that's not happening. She almost sounds like a conservative at this point, doesn't she? Um, either that or they're just idiots. And for sure, you can't trust them at all. And I think there are probably a lot of people out there right now saying, yes, exactly. Um, and I appreciate that trust in government and in us as a council and in the police is is possibly at an all-time low. It certainly feels that way to me in the time that I've been on council. Um, and as Deborah said, we can't undo the systems that people are calling on us to undo with one or two quick decisions. Correct. Um, That is correct. We cutting the police budget by 50% today, which is not on our agenda to do, um, or even probably in three months, isn't going to change the police. Um, It will just mean that everybody waits longer for the police when they really need help. True. Um, it'll mean, you know, everybody will wait longer when your house is being broken into, when your house is being shot at, um, when there are drug addicts who need Narcan, when you get into a car accident, uh, when there's a mentally ill person who needs to get picked up and taken to a hospital or a safe place, when a woman needs protection from her abusive partner. Uh, and, you know, if we just say we're taking 50% from the police, that is what we would have here if we do that without any thoughtful um thoughtful analysis and mm-hmm. planning correct um likewise we've been getting a lot of criticism about well why don't you just ban tear gas we don't understand why you're just not going to ban tear gas 
And again, I would say that banning tear gas isn't going to change the culture of policing. It's one, it's one tool and it won't change the culture that, that resulted in the police using that tool. The police will simply find another tool that we may or may not like more or less that may in fact be even more harmful. So again, this process is very important and we don't wanna make quick change. Um, what we need to make is lasting change. Uh, as again, Keith and others have said, we're talking about undoing literally decades of standard practice, decades of the way things have been happening and um, that's not gonna change overnight. So, uh, and as I've said before, one of my big drivers in this about why we can't just do this is, you know, we, as Deborah said in her presentation, we need to be, and believe it or not, I didn't look at that before I wrote these comments, but, you know, we need to be, we can't just take things away from police. They have to have a place to go. And we don't have places for them to go. Correct. Yet. And Correct. so if we don't have places for these things to go, these responsibilities, these obligations, these services that the police currently provide to our community, if we don't have places for those things to go, that ultimately is going to hurt the people in our community who are the most vulnerable the mentally ill, the people with drug and alcohol addiction, um, people who are suffering abuse, people who are victims of crime. So uh, all true. We also know that the public is demanding a lot more transparency and a lot more involvement. That also doesn't go hand in hand with doing things quickly. True. Uh, if we were to <laughs> have made these decisions all by ourselves in closed doors, behind closed doors, and just presented it out, we would be getting an earful about how we didn't involve the community in this conversation. Correct. And so we're going to involve the community in the conversation, but that takes time. It doesn't just happen overnight. Um, I'm reminded in all of this of the, the, the proverb that if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. And my view is right now, we need to go far. We, uh, which means we need to go together. And that means we need you as members of the public. It means you need us to do, to make these changes. Okay. And if we're going to walk forward together, I, I'd like to suggest that we, that we all around need to change the tone and the shape of the conversation that we're having. Okay. This is where the lefties went berserk. How dare you tell us the tone that we should take when we call you Stupid, idiot, SOBs, evil people. How dare you? Um, on our side, we need to be more transparent about our processes, about our thinking. Uh, we need to be clearer about our intentions, about where we're going. We need to share more information. And I will certainly endeavor to try to make that happen. And if we're not doing it, please just ask us. Please just ask us. On your side, the public side, I would ask a couple of things. Um, Number one, that when you hear about us doing something that you don't agree with, that you not immediately assume that we're doing it for a bad reason. Oh, come on. Um, there are usually good reasons for what we're doing that perhaps haven't been made clear yet, um, or perhaps uh, you just haven't heard the explanation yet, <laughs> or even decisions that you just may not agree with. But that doesn't mean that we don't have reasons for doing it. Right. And it doesn't mean that we're terrible, horrible, awful people who are trying to undermine democracy. She sounds like a Republican at this point, right? Please don't assume I'm trying to kill everybody. We all want the same thing. We want people to be safe. We want kids to be educated, whatever. But like a policy disagreement, or this is even really a policy disagreement. That's the kick here. 
it's not even a policy disagreement. It's a disagreement over how fast do you get it done? And you got the mob screaming, do it now. Defund it now. And so what? You're just going to fire half of the police force just like that. That's it? Just fire half the police force? And then what do you do with all the extra money? I don't know. Give it to people. Me. Give it to me, I guess. I, I don't know. That's not what we're trying to do here. Um, so I would ask that, you know, you try to find out what's behind the decision uh, and that that could actually be a good step in creating some better dialogue going forward. Now, I realize that asking people to stop and think and ask questions in the days of Facebook, Twitter, and easy email uh, is, um, that may just be, you know, I may just be shouting in the wind, but I'm just going to ask it anyway. You're totally shouting in the wind. It's going to be better for all of us going forward if we can try to do that better. Um, Second, I want to ask for your constructive engagement in the processes that we are setting about doing. The Vance Monument, the discussions around the police and the budget, and the next steps on reparations. Honestly, just yelling at us saying, do this now or don't do this ever is not very helpful. And that's what? mostly the kinds of emails that we've been getting. Right. That's because that's the campaign. That's all they know how to do is to yell at people and bully people into folding, which, spoiler alert, she does. Here's another spoiler alert. The photos from Red Rock Photography are amazing. Okay, they're just amazing. Go to redrockphotonc.com and you'll see what I'm talking about. Stacy Redman is from Western North Carolina. He's been shooting landscapes for two decades. And I've told the story before he got into this because, well, he had a passion for it. He was working another job, but he was working a lot of hours. And his daughter was like, why are you spending so much time at work? You know, and it broke his heart. Uh, and he's like, I got to spend more time with my kid and uh, I got to chase my dream. And so he did. And glad he did because his work is amazing. It's brilliant and it's affordable for any space you're trying to fill. See for yourself at redrockphotonc.com, redrockphotonc.com. Use the promo code PETE for 20% off, redrockphotonc.com. So the radical lefties got all upset at Julie Mayfield for this part of her speech on Tuesday night, okay? They called her condescending. They were like, how dare you police our tone and all this. Mayor Esther Manheimer then followed up on Mayfield's point that simply defunding the department by 50%, it's untenable because it's irresponsible to do it without some sort of a plan. I think the point you're making is a good one, which is, you know, we we have gotten a lot of emails which have said something like, it's been two months, why didn't you change everything and defund the police and slash the budget by... 50%. And, um, you know, I think the challenge here, of course, is that, you know, our police department is about 250 people. Our police department is currently managing hundreds of calls for service every month. And to, to we don't have a plan. If we were to slash the budget, the police budget by 50%, when most of it is personnel costs. I mean, more than 80% of it is just paying people salaries and benefits. That would mean cutting our police department personnel by that percentage, mm-hmm. a pot 40 to 50% probably. Mm-hmm. Um, and how we would, I think what you were saying is how would we manage all those calls for service, whether it's domestic violence or, or break-ins or whatever it is that um, are those calls for service. And it would be, I mean, frankly, in my opinion, irresponsible if we didn't have a plan for how to to otherwise respond to all those calls for service. So 
sure, you don't need more than two months to slash a budget by 50%. That's something you can do, but you certainly need more than two months to um, bring on other folks that can provide those services in a non-policing manner. Um, and that's the part to me that is going to take time to figure out what are those services that we already know some of them because we've been doing some of it already. But um, but what are those what are those calls that that we can ha handle in other ways? And then hiring those people or or engaging with nonprofits that provide those services and um, moving into that structure. That that obviously, I mean, anyone who's had to work with hiring and growing uh, uh, employees and uh, training people and bringing people online, um, that that takes a lot longer than two months. So what, what I'm hopeful that we'll get out of this process that the city manager is, is taking us through uh, around reimagining policing is something of a roadmap for, for how what we're going to do and how we're going to get there and possibly even uh, some timelines for how, how that's going to work. And as you mentioned, Julie, the um, key ingredient here being transparency so that the public can engage in this process and can understand how, uh, how it's going to work. Um, so that, you know, that's, that's what I'm hoping to see out of, out of this process. Okay, so keep in mind, this is a discussion about doing a three-month budget to get us to late September when they would then theoretically adopt the full budget for the rest of the year. Okay, but this three-month budget is for the whole city. So all city services, trash collection, uh, you know, meter maids or whatever. You've got uh, uh, what else? Uh, what? Uh, oh, how about like construction, roads, sidewalk maintenance, all sorts of city services that are now going to be operating on just a three-month budget. And if they're looking to do a major purchase, they may not have the funds right now, so they're going to push everything off. And this is assuming, by the way, that you can actually get to a full budget vote in another three months. Will they? Not really sure, because Vijay Kapoor is gone. Vijay Kapoor, the votainer, the top vote getter in the last Asheville City Council race. Remember, he was the reason why. He was the, he was the guy from South Asheville, the first South Asheville person elected to the city council in, what, two decades or something. And the only one from South Asheville. Uh, and he was held up. He got the most votes, top vote getter, the votainer. And uh, he was the one held up as the proof of why we don't need district elections. See, somebody from down there can win, right? He's gone. He's resigning. He's taken a job up in Philadelphia. And so that slot is going to be filled by an appointment by the city council. And now there are only six of them. And what do you think happens when there are only six city council members and there's a 3-3 split? Yeah, there's going to be some... There's going to be some horse trading going on and there's going to be a litmus test that's going to get used. Well, before I vote for this person, I need to know, is this person going to be on board with the 50% cut to the police department, right? This is leverage. This is how this is what they're, they're using the very same budgeting by crisis model that Congress used with their continuing resolutions. That's what's occurring, right? Except with us, it's going to be actual core services that don't get paid, right? What's going to happen when all the city workers don't get paid? You think they're going to keep going to work? Um, 
So then they, uh, so VJ Kapoor, his replacement is going to be sworn in at that meeting when they take this vote. So they're going to get sworn in and then have to vote on whether to defund the police 50%. Um, and uh, so then they do an hour of, so you have those comments, then they do an hour of public comment where these people call in reading from the script saying, defund police 50%, basically, oh, I'd also point out that virtually all of them were white, and they're like, defund the police, defund the police, and uh, I stand with the Black Asheville demands, uh, what they're demanding is this defunding of the police, how dare you, and then they beat up on Julie Mayfield, and it worked. It worked. They bullied her into caving. So by the end of the meeting, she's like, I don't know what to do. Okay. And then you got uh, Brian Haynes. Uh, he announces his intention to vote against any budget that doesn't gut the police budget. And so he's going to vote against this three-month extension because he says it doesn't go far enough. It's it's the three-month extension of the current operation budget. And so he's going to vote against it. Um, during our council check-ins this week, uh I <clears throat> informed uh, City Manager Deborah Campbell that unless the City of Asheville hiring freeze uh, was extended to APD uh, <clears throat> and would <clears throat> was made part of this budget, that I would not be supporting it. Uh, that I wanted to see the hiring freeze, along with prohibiting the filling of both current and future vacancies unless done so in-house. And my reasoning here is that if, if we are serious about making significant cuts to the APD budget, this can only be achieved through a workforce reduction. And um, since that uh, is not gonna be included in this budget on Thursday, uh, I will be voting against it. And it just be a forewarning that uh, when the budget comes back in September or September 22nd, if significant cuts aren't there, uh, I would be voting against that budget uh, as well. All right. So I just wanted to make that. They make that point. And he does. Yes, we get it. Brian Haynes, obviously, uh, been to a lot of shows. His brother, the you know guitarist for Government Mule, he's been to a lot of rock concerts, I'm assuming. He's gotten shaken down, maybe busted a few times for carrying loose joints whatever uh and so he wants all the cops fired <laughs> he wants them fired now he wants hiring freezes he's gonna, he's gonna burn it all down vj kapoor said he would not support a temporary funding measure though i've been really nervous about doing an allocation a three-month allocation as opposed to doing a full year allocation tell us why um for the budget uh i, th I think in terms of, of of wanting to um you know, look hard at the police budget. I, I absolutely support that. Uh, I think given this time, uh, given what's going on um, financially, given what's going on in the city, um, you know, looking at at what our police officers do and how they do it, and, and we're frankly looking across the entire organization, um, I, I think it is a, is a perfectly appropriate thing to do. But I, I think you all are putting yourselves, right? I think we would be putting ourselves and staff, you know, really an unnecessary risk um, if we do not allocate for the entire year, uh, as, as opposed to doing this three months, and, and it's for a couple of reasons. I think first off, you all have the ability, Tony made that clear, as a council at any time to amend the budget once it's passed. Correct. Um, whether it's the next council meeting or the council meeting after that, whenever you all want to address the issue of um, you know what adjustments you want to make in the police budget or otherwise, you have that authority, right? Um, whether that's in September or whether that's later in the year, whether you do it incrementally or however you want to do it, you have that authority. I think the reality is um, 
you know, you are not, we are not going to be able, and I guess you, since I'm not going to be here, are going to, are not going to be able to make significant cuts operationally to the police budget in three months. I mean, it, it's frankly not going to happen. Uh, and, and I heard a lot of people tonight, you know, calling for a 50% um, reduction, uh, but, but there's no plan behind that. And, right. and I don't think any, even if folks would like to view that as an aspirational goal in terms of actually implementing that, um, I, I don't think any responsible manager would do it. Um, and I, I don't, I don't think any overall council would, would, would want to do that again, because there's, there's no plan behind you to figure out what's going to come next. Um, I think the other thing that's going to be happening that Tony talked about is just the difficulty that staff is going to have in order to stagger and make a three-month allocation as opposed to a year allocation work. Um, there's a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes that they that they have to do. Uh, that that is that is going to you know it's going to cause them to spend a lot of staff time doing it. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a lot of headaches. And and the big problem about that is they have a lot to do, and you have a lot to do. You've got reparations on your plate. You've got the Vance Monument on your plate. You got a fiscal crisis. Uh, you got a pandemic. Uh, you got to deal with my replacement. You've got you got the hotel moratorium. There's a lot of things that you all are going to be working on, you know, without having the need to to have a budget pass a budget, you know, for the full year over mm-hmm. your head. Uh, and and again, you have the authority and you have the ability to be able to make that adjustment at at, at any point in time. So, um, you know, what I would be suggesting to you all and and what I would be in support of uh, is to actually do the full year allocation as part of this budget. And for you all, you know, to still do the, um, you know, the the, the deep dive into the police, uh, you know, the police budget as as Deborah laid out and then come back in September and amend the budget then, because that way you're still going to be amending the budget. You're still going to be opening it up. But what you don't have there is that risk and that that basically the 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 uh, the, enti- the the fear and the possibility because um, it's been a crazy year. It's been a crazy two and a half years since I've been on council. <laughs> you don't have that possibility of actually having Asheville City government shut down or the potential for a deadlock during a fiscal crisis and during a pandemic. But see, that's the point. He want the the people who are using the threat of a shutdown are using it precisely for that reason to apply the pressure to get people to fold. So they get them over to their camp. That's, that's how this works, right? You want something else that works? How about the Karcher misting system with vital oxide disinfectant? It is available at general equipment rental in Weaverville. And uh, if you own a business or a home, property management company, maybe an Airbnb, uh, places of worship, childcare facilities, schools, venue operators, basically everywhere that you need to be clean for your customers, your employees, or for yourself. The Karcher Misting System with Vital Oxide Disinfectant. Uh, You use this thing, you go spray everything down like once a week, and you're good. It's sanitized, and then all you got to do is spot clean where people are, you know, like the high traffic area and the place where people are using like registers or something. You just wipe that those areas down, but it will disinfect and clean everything else with the Vital Oxide Disinfectant. It's an all-in-one, hospital-grade, EPA-approved germicidal disinfectant, sanitizer, and deodorizer. It kills 99.9% of infection-causing bacteria and viruses, including 
the coronavirus. It's uh, non-toxic, hypoallergenic, odorless, colorless, 100% biodegradable, safe for kids, safe for pets, safe for food contact surfaces, and it's super easy to maneuver. All right, go to generalrents.com, check it out, the Karcher Misting System. And if you go to generalrents.com slash Pete, get a coupon for two free cloth face coverings. Retail value of 15 bucks. General Equipment Rental in Weaverville, generalrents.com, and think outside your toolbox. So next up is Councilman Keith Young. Keith Young started off with a conciliatory tone, appealing to Julie Mayfield, the swing vote here, appealing to her sense of courage and a noble calling, if you will. I think that we can press forward. I believe that we have the ability to do this. I believe that we do have challenges that face us. True. Uh, The concerns are real. I see that. But also, we are in unprecedented times. And what's being asked of us is monumental in a sense. And I don't believe that it is folly going into this. Uh, I believe it is courageous of us to take on this matter. I believe it's courageous of us to show that we have the ability to do so. I put faith in our city manager to be able to handle the task, as well as us to come to a consensus when the time is 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 noted to do so. <laughs> so then Julie Mayfield talks briefly and basically says, I won't play the clip, but she's like, I don't know what to do. Because she was so attacked by this mob that called in, how dare you tone police us, you're condescending to us, and you're telling us how to talk to you, and one guy cursed at him. It's like, so she crumbles. And now she's saying she doesn't know what to do. And so Young then turns into sort of the uh, virtuous victim signaling bully that he has displayed himself to be on repeated occasions. I've, I've worked my entire life. I've worked my entire life behind the eight ball. So he's saying I can handle the pressure. This is nothing. You know, okay, fine, we're going to be under pressure. And fine, there's going to be a lot of pressure on us to get this done. And uh, we're, we're, we're budgeting against a fiscal crisis. And we're going to drive towards this cliff. But but I've been behind the eight ball all my life. I've worked my entire life under pressure. I've worked my entire life with the odds against me. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I know what that feels like. <laughs> I know what the pressure feels like. I know what the anticipation of failure feels like. I know what going into every situation of your everyday life feels like where you believe that you're on the edge of that cliff. And not only are you at the edge of that cliff, but you're hanging on by a thread. I know Uh, what that feels like. And I get that this is a lot of pressure for a lot of individuals. But I've also understood that throughout my life that pressure builds diamonds. Pressure makes diamonds. Pressure, tremendous pressure can push you to do great things. Uh, Again, in 2015, before I got here, I wasn't expected to be here. And a tremendous amount of pressure was that there needed to be a voice at the table. And I understood what failure was. We cannot be scared. We cannot be turned back by the pressure of failure. I think that we need to put our heads down, press through the work, rally around each other in our community, and at the end of it, come out with a product that you got to understand that no matter what you do, 
no matter what it is, you're not going to make everybody happy. Right. So uh, half the police force, dust off the resumes. Keith Young's going to make sure, because he's got experience working under pressure, unlike you guys probably, he's going to make sure that uh, you guys are fired. Three months. You got three months. Young is totally fine driving the city towards this fiscal cliff in order to pressure everybody so he gets what he wants. That's what's happening here, okay? So, fast forward, that was Tuesday night, fast forward to last night, Thursday night, and Brian Haynes, lo and behold, the third member of the Shifecta, the Shanika Smith, Brian Haynes, Keith Young, S-H-Y, their last name spells the acronym, I feel like I need to explain that, but I thought it might be obvious, but maybe not. The Shifecta, that's the voting block. Lo and behold, Brian Haynes comes back home to the Shifecta, and now he says, oh, yeah, you know what? I, I can vote for this now. Okay. Uh, so let me. Uh, last night, some folks erected a banner in my yard calling for me to defund the APD. I know this happened to other council members as well. Really? Someone put a sign in your yard calling for you to defund APD, even though you want to defund APD. It's not the smartest mob, but the message was received, right? This is intimidation tactics. But again, I want to reiterate my conviction for both defunding and demilitarizing the APD. I also recognize that for many people, upon hearing the word defund, fearfully, they hear it as a call for abolishing APD and police forces across the nation. While there is understandably a rapid growing movement for police abolition, defunding is a proactive attempt to bring an absolutely necessary overhaul to policing without starting from scratch. At our meeting two nights ago, I stated that I would be voting against the three-month budget plan because it did not contain an APD hiring freeze. While I feel strongly that this should have been included, I do not wish to see the full-year budget proposed at the conclusion of the public comment approved here tonight, and will be voting to support the interim budget as proposed by the city manager. It, it sounds like he is reading that off of a script. It's because he does that. He does that all the time. He reads these remarks off a script, and I really, I do wonder sometimes if he writes them himself. I, I assume he does, but sometimes I, sometimes I wonder. Um, so he, so you get this. He's now going to vote for this measure, this three-month deal. He was originally Tuesday night. He was like, "I'm not voting for that because I want to defund police now, and I want a hiring freeze. I want to be more draconian. I want drastic cuts. I want them now." I want it now. I want my cigarettes. I want my cigarettes, Nurse Ratchet. Anyway, um, sorry, I don't know where that came from. I actually do. It comes from one flew over the cuckoo's nest. It's true. By the way, at this point, are you getting a little nervous about the direction of your local government? Just a little bit? I am. That's why uh, I have enlisted the services of Rowena Patton (laughs) and her all-star powerhouse team. 333-4483, mountainhomehunt.com. If you're looking to sell your house, call Rowena Patton. She has buyers lined up, and she will get your house sold quickly and for more money. It's what she does. It's what she's done for a very long time. She outsells 99% of the realtors in the state of North Carolina. She is the only agent that I would use to buy or sell a house, and you should too. 333-4483. Website, again, is mountainhomehunt.com, and put her to work for you. 333-4483, mountainhomehunt.com. 
and then start packing. So Brian Haynes, city councilman, he is now flipped because uh, he says, you know what, I... Uh, I was going to vote against this three-month extension Tuesday, but if the alternative is going to be the full budget uh, approval for a year, then I don't want that to happen. So I'm totally going to now vote for the three-month, ex- uh, the three-month sort of temporary budget. So now he's on board. So Shifecta rolling again, man. Shifecta full effect, and they've got all three on board. So now they need the fourth, and who is the fourth? It's Julie Mayfield, exactly. It is. And she crumbles for various reasons at various times. You cannot count on her for, because I played the first soundbite, right? Right out of the gate, Tuesday night, she sounded rational. And then an hour of people saying, how dare you, Julie, talk to me like that? And she's very worried about her election, I guess, in this super, super safe Democrat seat for a state Senate. Like, she's so worried about what people will think about her, even though she's in line for this seat, it doesn't even matter. Uh, She's not even going to be here after December. But she folds. She completely crumbles. And so now she's on board with this. And you know how I know it was very obvious to me immediately when I'm watching this Thursday night, uh, because right out of the gate, you got Brian Haynes. He's like, yeah, 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 I'm going to vote for it. I'm like, okay. So he flips. That's not really that surprising. It gives them their third vote. But it's immediately obvious that Mayfield flipped, even though she never spoke at all on Thursday night. It's immediately clear because Vice Mayor Gwen Whistler, she does speak and listen to what she said. I continue to believe that we should adopt a fully allocated yearly budget and amend the budget for solutions around public safety as they are identified and developed. I read all of my emails, I listen to all of my voicemails, and I listen to all the public comment about public safety, always, but specifically about public safety spending. I hear what some people are asking for. They are asking for an immediate 50% cut to APD's budget and a reallocation of those funds. They also say they don't trust our government. In June, I agreed to an interim budget because I hoped that our community would rally around a process to divest and invest. I hope that our community would understand that this process will be ongoing, require creativity, require, require resources, and most importantly, would require time. Mm -hmm. However, all that I've heard is to defund APD by 50% immediately. Mm -hmm. My hopes have not played out. I do not believe that no matter what we come up with in September, the people we heard from will be satisfied. True. For two months, we've heard our city manager tell us that defunding the police by that amount immediately is not responsible. The city cannot come up with a plan to do that. Some people have called me practical. God forbid. Some people say I lack courage. Some people believe that if we continue to ask miracles of our staff, the staff will produce magic. Well, I'll tell you when I shadowed Kathy Ball in her interim city manager role, I witnessed behind the scenes the dedication and hard work of our staff. I watched Deborah Campbell motivate and push the staff to do great work. They want to make our dreams come true. They want to produce magic for us. (laughs) But we don't give them magic wands, much less funding and staff. Well, give them magic wands then. 
why won't you give them magic wands? <laughs> this is, yeah, she's exactly right. This mob is not going to be satisfied. They're, they're not. They want what they want, and they want it now. And as soon as they're done getting what they want right now, they will want something else. Here's a blast from the past. Stop me if this uh, rings a bell. Transit can't wait. You remember that? Transit can't wait. This is what the the Moonbat Brigade was was pressuring the city council to do. Fare free, so free to the user, right? Fare free transit, and they want this bus system expanded all over the place or else you're racist. That's what you have to do. Transit can't wait. And they mounted this campaign over every city council meeting. They were down there talking, transit can't wait. And they were using it like a mantra. There is a whole campaign. And then, of course, the pandemic hit. Uh, and then you got the police um, uh, police reform aspect. And then, and then all of a sudden, it's like, now this matters. But before, it was transit. And by the way, that's still on the plate. They still have all of this overhaul underway of the whole transit system. So they got that going. They got the removal of the Vance Monument. They got to figure that out. They've got, like VJ Kapoor said, the reparations issue. Uh, they've got the uh, the looming fiscal crisis with the uh, pandemic related to that. Uh, and then, of course, the pandemic and the hotel moratorium. Everybody's forgotten about that. That's still going on, too. They're supposed to be trying to figure out the hotel moratorium. Meanwhile, you got all the staffers that are trying to figure out where do I allocate my time if I'm also going to be trying to figure out and do the research on where the funding needs to go when we fire half the police force? How many social workers do we need to go out and respond to the domestic violence calls? Like that kind of research. Staff is going to be required to come up with this stuff because the council members don't do it. That's all staff. Staff drives these processes. Okay, so uh, back to Gwen Whistler, the vice mayor here. They also, like me, recognize the law and try as hard as they can to keep the city and us out of trouble. Do you know why the city doesn't trust us? Why the community doesn't trust us? Because this council won't fess up to the fact that we actually believe the staff. Correct. We know that defunding APD by 50% immediately is not doable not responsible. Correct. But rather than telling the truth now, we will tie the staff in knots, require them from now until September and possibly after that to worry about whether this nickel should be spent in July or October. We will make them concerned that we will push the budget to the brink. They will wonder what deal will have to be made to get the majority of council to agree on a budget. All of this will be distracting, time-consuming and frustrating. Rather than having our staff do all of that, I want them to be working on the goal of finding ways that APD can discontinue work that they don't need to be doing. I want them finding solutions that work for Asheville, not for Los Angeles, not for New York, not for Minneapolis. If we let staff do that work now, we will have a much better product to show our community in September. But unfortunately, we don't have the courage for that. And so when I heard her say that, I knew exactly how Julie Mayfield was going to vote. Because Gwen Whistler did too. All of these folks, they all counted the votes. That's why Keith Young didn't speak. Shanika Smith didn't speak. Julie Mayfield didn't speak. The winning side did not speak. Because they didn't need to. Brian Haynes said the thing, you know, I'm flipping my vote. But that was it. Nobody nobody spoke about why this has to be done and 
it's it's okay. No worries. We can get this all done. Transit, Vance Monument, reparations, fiscal crisis, pandemic, hotel moratorium, and now defunding the police within three months and diverting all of that money to other organizations and agencies or something to do all of the work that the cops were doing. Yeah, that'll work. Uh, yeah, totally. In a pandemic, it'll totally work. By the way, in a related matter, might want to jot this down, oldgrouch.com, Old Grouch's military surplus. Now more than ever, you need Old Grouch's in your life. Old Grouch's military surplus in downtown Clyde. Uh, he's got an expanded line of first aid kits and medical supplies for all kinds of emergencies. Uh, he's got body armor, all kinds. These are made to NATO specs. And if you want to buy the body armor, it's in-store or over-the-phone purchases only. Face masks made by a uh, family, local, uh, they're disabled vets, and uh, they make them out of military parachutes, so they're lightweight and they're soft. Steel gas cans, the pre-ban old-school ones, the good ones, as he called it. Uh, He also has, obviously... Tons of real U.S. military surplus. For more than three decades, Old Grouch's military surplus on Main Street in downtown Clyde. The shop is open Monday through Saturday. It's across the street from the anti-aircraft gun and at oldgrouch.com. And then VJ Kapoor spoke, and he started with a recap of what happened at the Tuesday meeting. And take a listen to what he said here. Uh, Which I think is a microcosm of what is happening in the city. Um, so if you didn't turn in, tune in to the seven and a half hour meeting or almost seven and a half hour meeting, um, let me recount some of the, the relevant highlights for you. Um, our city manager, Deborah Campbell, provided an update on the 30, 60, 90 day plan um, to, in her words, quote, reimagine public safety in Asheville. Correct. Uh, she talked about how city staff supports an invest and divest strategy, how racism is a systemic problem, which is bigger than the police and that the city cannot solve alone in 90 days, and that the strategy needs to be strategic, attainable, and collaborative. Um, After Ms. Campbell's presentation, Councilwoman Mayfield talked directly to advocates who were advocating, quote, defunding the police, where she expressed support for real change while explaining the reality that just because things aren't happening exactly the way they want them to, or as fast as they want them to, that it doesn't mean the city that it doesn't mean the city doesn't care mm-hmm. or isn't committed to making real change. Mm-hmm. She also shared her experience and her advice as an advocate who lobbies government, government officials um, quite successfully, I may add. And later on in the meeting, Councilwoman Mayfield was attacked by callers who said that her words were condescending and outrageous, mm-hmm. as if she, as an elected official, should not demonstrate the responsibility of speaking to the issues, especially where she was trying to find common ground to move towards what these folks say they want. But speech is violence. If you disagree with me, you're committing violence against me. Later, Councilwoman Mayfield apologized for her choice of words. But Julie, you had absolutely no reason to apologize. Correct. And I'm sorry that I didn't speak up at the time to say so. Nothing you said was offensive. The only mistake that you apparently made was that you didn't say what was in 100% agreement with them. Right. We are elected officials. We have the right and indeed the obligation to speak our minds. No one has the right to silence you, to silence me, or to silence anyone else on this council. During public comment, the overwhelming majority called for an immediate 50% defunding of the police department. Not a gradual defunding, an immediate 50% defunding. This was a well-coordinated effort, and I think we all know that. Yes. Organized groups have every right to do this. 
But I think we would be making a mistake if we took public comment to mean that everyone in the city wanted an immediate 50% defunding of the police department. There were two other things in public comment that struck me in particular. First, there were many callers, nearly all of whom were white, by the way, who said that they were speaking for the, quote, community, who were incredulous that we weren't doing what the, quote, community wanted. Again, as if there were no other people in this community who had a different view from these callers. Mm -hmm. So what does that mean? If you have a different view, are you not considered part of the community? Or, or does it mean that if you have a different view, that your view doesn't count? I am always skeptical of people, whether they're on the right or the left, who say they are speaking for the, quote, quote community or the, quote, people, implying that those who see things differently are the, quote, other. Maybe it's because I grew up a brown child of immigrants in the South that I'm particularly attuned to this kind of language. Now, by the way, these kinds of comments from Vijay Kapoor, um, that gets him labeled as a right-wing member of the council by the local lefty folks. I've heard it a lot here in Asheville during my time on council. The second thing that struck me was a particular comment directed to Mayor Manheimer and Councilwoman Mayfield, angrily chastising them for somehow putting themselves it, quote, in front during the reparations discussion. <laughs> I have no idea what this caller was talking about. Each oh, I could tell him. Uh, listen to the podcast uh, from uh, yesterday about the white fragility. That's what that's about. Centering. That Yeah, that, that comes right out of Robin D'Angelo's white fragility horse crap. Council member has a right to speak on any matter that we are deliberating. And every council member made comments on the reparations vote. Again, it's the problem of trying to silence or intimidate people from actually being part of the conversation. Precisely. I can't help but note that these callers sounded like a young white man. The irony <laughs> in Asheville, a white male telling two elected female representatives which topics are off limit for their comments or how they should conduct themselves. And finally this morning, three different signs, or I'm learning more here, were put out by an anonymous group or person, at least at the homes of the mayor, the city manager, and Councilwoman Mayfield that had their names and, and the words defund Asheville PD. These signs had a bigger message than to just innocently advocate for a budget vote tonight. That gives cover. This was a message that we know where you live. Correct. This was done to intimidate. Correct. Think about that. An anonymous sign with her name on it shows up in front of the house of our first African-American city manager. Right. Demanding that Black Lives Matter defund the police. And you know it was white people that put it there. You know it was. I know it was. Well, I don't know. But I'm really, really like 99% sure. All of this brings us to tonight's vote on the budget. The key question we have in front of us is whether to allocate funding for essentially three months of operations or for the full year. There is no disagreement that the budget should be revisited in September based on recommendations from the reimagining public safety effort. There is no disagreement that City Council has the right to amend the budget at any time and could specifically amend the budget in September when the reimagining public safety recommendations are in hand. Correct. I believe that the best and most responsible path forward is to allocate funding for operations for the entire year now and then to amend the budget in September. Correct. Only allocating three months of funding dur during a pandemic and a fiscal crisis is irresponsibly risky yep. and will only delay the other critical work that council and staff need to do, including developing and implementing the reparations plan, addressing the Vance Monument, filling my council seat, and responding to any other emergencies that may come your way, not to mention addressing the backlog of items that have been delayed due to COVID. This is going to be hard enough on you and staff without having a budget hanging over your head. And it's also an election year. There is no guarantee that you will come to a consensus on my replacement. 
which may result in a deadlocked vote on the budget and a hasty, careless defunding of the police, which, which is exactly what one group wants. But I, not on council, but one group calling for this. And I suspect very few of the residents of Asheville truly do. I trust that all of you are approaching replacing me in good faith. But even in good faith, you can still deadlock. My guess is this group, who we heard from on Tuesday, will push a litmus test for any replacement that they must commit to immediately defunding the APD by 50%. Guaranteed. Furthermore, as council, as Vice Mayor Whistler said, and I agree, we are not going to have a plan to cut APD's budget by 50% in September. We all know that. You will likely need to lay off over 100 officers to do that. Passing a three-month budget with no realistic chance of making this happen is going to once again set expectations sky high and fall short. It will be a repeat of Tuesday all over again. Fellow council members, if if you believe that passing a three-month allocation is the right thing to do for this city, I I absolutely respect that. I, I absolutely do. But, but if you are doing this because you think doing so will gain the respect or trust of the same people who monopolized the public comment on Tuesday and who have engaged in a pattern of intimidation against anyone who isn't 100% in agreement with them, please think again. They have made it clear that they will accept nothing less than laying off half of our police department, and they do not care whether there is a backup plan or not. They have told you that. They told us that for hours on Tuesday. Please. Do not reward this kind of behavior. It needs to stop now. It is the reason why we are where we are right now. Know that there are many more people out there who are looking for us to do the responsible thing. Please, let's pass a full year allocation tonight so we can keep our city steady and allow the reimagining public safety process to work. Kapoor's position lost, by the way. Uh, speaking of wanting things to work, do you want your website to work? Then you need Schaefer Smith Design. Uh, you know your business. You probably don't know a lot about website design and maintenance, but Schaefer Smith does. Uh, Schaefer Smith Design, SchaeferSmith.com. Great design can solve a lot of your site's problems. Professional services, corporate, small business, entrepreneurs, Schaefer Smith can help you with graphics and photos and online store search engine optimization, website maintenance, and security. He even does logos. He did mine. Go to SchaeferSmith.com and get the most out of your website. That's SchaeferSmith.com. That's a wrap for this episode. I appreciate your support. Don't break anything while I'm gone. 